Well, hello again, I'm Tony Payne, and welcome to another edition of The Painful Truth. Well, it's been quite a week in the Payne household. We've had the joy just over a week ago of our eighth grandchild being born. Uh, What a joy that was, and the sorrow as well, as I mentioned last week briefly in my mother's death, just under a week ago now. I'm very thankful for the many messages of sympathy and encouragement and hope that many of you sent in, so many in fact that I'm really not sure I'll be able to answer all of them individually. But thank you so much for the thoughts and prayers that you've offered and the encouragements to keep rejoicing in the fact that my mum has gone to be with the Lord and to rejoice in what a great testimony to him and his faithfulness that her life has been. The funeral, unfortunately, has been delayed. I was expecting not to be here today, but to be in Ballina um, at mum's service. But it's been delayed for a week for crazy COVID lockdown reasons. And so I'm back on the job this week doing a few bits and pieces. And it also is giving me just a few more days to draw together the memories and thoughts uh, of mum's family and friends into a eulogy. And as I've been doing that, as people have been sending me their ideas and memories and appreciations of mum's life, three themes keep emerging. There was her deep Christian conviction, her warm and energetic practical care for other people, and her positivity. She was an indefatigably optimistic person, my mother, in the face of life's sorrows and disappointments. Or to use the Bible's language for these three characteristics, faith, love, and hope. And as much as I might be tempted when the time comes, and I think mum would probably approve, I don't think her eulogy will be quite the place to conduct a deep examination of the Bible's teaching on faith, love, and hope as the essence of the Christian life. But it is a topic that I've had in my mind for quite some time and in my ideas file for a while now. And in today's post, just a brief one, I want to reflect on faith, love and hope as the essence of the Christian life. Because it's long fascinated me that the New Testament's most common and foundational language for Christian living doesn't tend to be our most common language. We tend to think of Christian growth in terms of maturity or godliness, we say, or discipleship. Or perhaps we even speak of personal holiness, or perhaps that was a generation now that's past. We also speak quite a lot about the three C's of Christian life, of conviction, character, and competence. But faith, love, and hope, as concepts, and certainly as a threesome, aren't nearly as prominent, certainly not in my fairly wide experience of evangelical thinking and writing and teaching over the past three or four decades. Which is strange when you think about it, isn't it? Because those three concepts are very prominent in the New Testament, not only as foundational concepts in their own right, but in combination as faith, love and hope, as a combination summary of the Christian life, of what Christian experience and Christian maturity looks like. Let's just take A few quick examples, and I'll sort of paraphrase. In Galatians 5, uh, Paul speaks of the faith by which we wait for the hope of righteousness. And then he says, for in Christ Jesus, the thing that really matters is faith active in love. You've got faith, hope, and love all close together there in that little summary, especially in him saying that that's what really matters. 
if you turn over to Ephesians, having heard of the Ephesians' faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all the saints in chapter 1, Paul prays that the eyes of their hearts might be opened to grasp the hope to which he's called them. Or later on in chapter 4, because the Ephesians have been called by the Spirit to one faith and one hope in one Lord, they're to maintain that bond by walking in love and forbearance of one another and peace. Or in Colossians, Paul opens Colossians by constantly being grateful for the Colossians' faith in Christ Jesus and their love for all the saints because of their hope laid up in heaven. In much the same way, in 1 Thessalonians, in the opening Thanksgiving there, Paul's thankful for their work of faith and their labour of love and their steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And later in Thessalonians, he gives his own little sort of Thessalonian version of the armour of God. He encourages them to put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. And in 2 Thessalonians, in the opening section there, he again thanks God for the abundant growth in the Thessalonians' faith and in their love for one another and in their steadfastness amidst persecution as they look forward to Jesus' return. In other words, hope, although the word hope is not used. Faith, love, hope. These three, in a combination like this, are frequently put forward as a summary of what Paul is thankful for in the Christian life, or what the Christian life really consists of. We can add to this, of course, all the many other places that speak individually of the central importance of these three theological virtues, of faith. Of course, in places like Romans 3 and 4, or most of Galatians, or Hebrews 11. Or the value and centrality of hope in the Christian life. And you think of Romans 8 especially verses 18 to 25, or the opening of 1 Peter. And of course, love, which is often put forward as the very foundation of what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus in John 13, 34 to 35, for example. By this will all men know that you're my disciples if you love, not to mention love of God and love of neighbour as being the summary of what the law was pointing to and was all about. Then there are other passages that link together faith and love, without mentioning hope, and I'm thinking of places like 2 Timothy 1.13 and 1 Thessalonians 3.6, and there are plenty of other passages that link together faith and hope, without particularly mentioning love, such as the previously mentioned Hebrews 11 or 1 Peter 1.21 and so on. You'd really have to conclude from the New Testament that faith, hope and love are a big deal. Are there three more central or dominant concepts in the New Testament for characterising the Christian life other than these? Repentance is the only other candidate that I think comes close. And of course, I still haven't mentioned the most well-known passage in which the three are combined and put forward as the epitome of Christian experience and Christian life in 1 Corinthians 13, of course. Paul says in that passage that particular actions or gifts or ministries or achievements will come and go, but underneath them all and outlasting them all, faith, hope and love abide. These three, he says, but the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13 is particularly important, it seems to me, because it presents itself as a summary, as the nutshell of what really matters when all is said and done. 
And the failure of the Corinthian church is really their failure to live out these foundational and abiding Christian virtues in response to the gospel, the gospel of Christ crucified. What is it about these three, as Paul calls them, that sums up and encapsulates the Christian life, the response that the gospel calls forth in us? Why are they such an excellent summary, not just of my mother's life, but of every genuine Christian life? And perhaps most importantly, what are we missing or neglecting by failing to teach the essence of the Christian life as faith, love and hope? This connects with a subject that I've banged on about before, namely the importance of being faithful and obedient apprentices to Scripture. Scripture isn't a disconnected set of principles or rules that we kind of apply here and there. The Bible teaches us an integrated way of thinking and living and being based on the truth, the truth that God reveals to us in Christ. And we're apprentices to this truth and the way of thinking and living and being that it teaches. And when we find the thought patterns and emphasis of our master differing from our own, that is the Lord Jesus speaking through scripture, it should give us pause. Why aren't we thinking and speaking and teaching about Christian maturity in the same categories and concepts and way that the Bible does? Because I think we often don't. If we were going to run a basic series about the Christian life in Bible study or as a set of sermons, would we immediately think of structuring it around faith, love and hope? Not sure we would. Perhaps more to the point these days, if we were going to have a discipleship pastor or a maturity pastor in our church, would we see their key function as being to promote and teach and exemplify faith, love and hope? Not sure we would. Why is that? Why have these three, these three foundational theological virtues, kind of receded into the background a little bit for us as the central categories of Christian living? And experience. Well, at one level, who knows why? History and theological trends and fashions are complex things. But over the next little while, I would like to explore faith and love and hope as the essence of Christian living and maturity. In the meantime, there's a eulogy to write and deliver next Wednesday, August the 25th. And I'd appreciate your prayers for that day. The other topic that's been burbling around in my mind at the moment and that I will return to is the nature of pastoral leadership. I've already done one post on it, an introductory one called Take Heed, but there will be more coming on that as well. So stay tuned for more on that issue over the next month or two as we go along. One of the characteristics I inherited from my mother, and I wish there were more in fact, but one of them was a certain optimism and sometimes even over-optimism about what can be achieved. I'd really like to think that I'll be back with you next week with another post, maybe even with the first post about faith, love and hope, but even my optimistic self wonders whether that will be realistic. So if you don't hear from me next week, you'll understand why. In the meantime, thanks again so much for all the kind messages and good wishes that you sent through. It's the wonderful thing about Christian fellowship is that we bear one another's burdens and support one another in our grief, and that we don't grieve as the world grieves. We grieve as those who have hope. Thanks once again for being here today. Look forward to speaking again soon. I'm Tony Payne. Bye for now. 